quick word of warning. Today's episode contains a number of references to illicit drug use that may not be suitable for some listeners. Proceed with caution. Yeah, no, I'll never be the musical director of the Ritz. I'll never be in charge of booking there. I'll never be the one responsible for bringing in that $300,000 a month. Even if I had the ability to do that, I would not want to be that person anyway. (laughs) But maybe I still, you know, in my lifetime, get, even if it was just for one night, to be able to bring some of these bands back and say, Legends of the Ritz, Return to the Ritz. That's a fantastic well, idea, and that's that's my that's kind of my life that's my life work at this time at this point. Hi, my name is Jeff Dillard, and I'm this week's host of South Texas Stories. I think we all have moments from our youth that we wish we could relive, if only once. You make the winning play in the big game, you go to prom, you party with friends. These things stand out because they're the foundational events of our lives, the experiences that make us who we are. Robert Stoner, or Bob Stoner, is a Corpus Christi musician, music promoter, and he's an advocate for the preservation of the Ritz Theater in downtown Corpus Christi. And his mission is twofold. On the one hand, he loves the Ritz and wants to see it restored to its former glory, but he also wants to share it with Corpus Christi. And once you get to know the man, you'll see just how passionate he is. He loves helping younger musicians and fans by replicating, even if only slightly, the experience of seeing live music at the Ritz, just like he used to do back in the 70s. He's also a veteran teacher at West Oso Junior High, and before you ask, yes, his last name really is Stoner. More on that later. I also mentioned that he's a musician. He's 56 years old and, much like myself, refuses to let age dictate how he's supposed to behave. I've always been a firm believer in the idea that you're never too old to rock. and If somebody has a problem with that, well, it's their loss. And Bob would agree with me. But before we get to that, I want to tell you a little bit about the Ritz Theater in downtown Corpus Christi. The Ritz Theater was built in 1929. The architect, W. Scott Dunn, built theaters for movies in vaudeville all around Texas. Most of the theaters built at the time were meant to accommodate both film and live entertainment. One of Dunn's more notable works was the Texas Theater in Dallas, which is famous for its connection to the Kennedy assassination. But all of his theaters are state treasures and, in my opinion, worthy of preservation. Theaters, of course, meant a lot more in 1929 than they do today. You know, they didn't call it the Great Depression because everything was going so well. It was designed in the 20s because buildings at that time were being built um, for luxury, but they were also, also being built and used as places that people could escape the harshness of everyday life. 
after the stock market, before the stock market crashed, the economy was already suffering and the Dust Bowl and the agricultural problems that had developed uh, from the way that farming was was incorrectly done, you know, and stuff like that. Um, you know, so yeah, that place was, had been built as a place that was a getaway. It was, de- it was a fantasy world. It was designed for you to go in there and when that door shut, you left everything behind you. The Ritz could accommodate 1,300 people, and it was the first theater in the coastal bend that showed talking pictures. It continued in this capacity until the early 1970s. By the time Bob Stoner was attending shows there in the late 1970s, it was called the Ritz Music Hall, and then later Ritz Productions. But it had been hosting music for quite a while before changing names. According to the Corpus Christi Convention and Visitors Bureau, even Elvis played there. The official website of the Ritz says this performance from the early 1950s is undocumented, but Elvis aside, the Ritz hosted an amazing variety of performers over their years. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Joan Jett, Patti Smith, Bo Diddley, and Texas legends like Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings. But for Bob Stoner in the 1970s, it was all about the rock. Did you ever see Dazed and Confused? If you don't remember, it's a coming-of-age comedy released in the early 1990s that was praised for its portrayal of late 1970s teen life in middle America. In fact, the movie takes place in Texas. The kids in the film drink and smoke pot and drive around causing trouble while listening to the great hits of classic rock. Well, that was Bob Stoner's youth. And while we may not think of Corpus Christi as a hotbed of the counterculture, compared to the small town where he grew up, it was another world. There was a place here in town called, um, oh shoot man, uh, golly. well it was called Flipside Records and it was called, it was also called Dirty Dave's. Um, Dirty Dave's slash Flipside Records was the earliest Corpus Christi record shop, head shop, barber shop. And I mean, when I say barber shop, it was a full-fledged barber shop. Um, and at that time, uh, everybody was wearing their hair long. You know, the ones of us that could wear an afro wore an afro. Mostly what they did in there was trims so that people's hair continued to grow longer. Uh, shaping so that your afro was on point and of course everybody had big old pork chop sideburns and and different kinds of sideburns and so it was more of a conciliary art yeah. than the haircut you know yeah. you were when you went there and it was expensive and you had to wait in line and when and it was so different from going to your dad's barber shop you know it was it was a place that always smelled like incense and there were black light posters and strobe lights going off and you while you were waiting to have your name called to get your hair cut you could purchase your concert ticket buy some albums pick up a pack of strawberry rolling papers you know and there was all this new world that it was we like, it, was, it was like a walmart for uh, yeah and for us coming from woodsboro we had none of that. We had no, we had to, for us to come to Corpus was a huge deal and it was an outing. It was an adventure. You know, we had to roll up 15 joints before we could get in the car to drive down here. You know, we weren't drinkers, you know, that part of being a freak included the idea that 
you were devoting yourself to marijuana and moving away from the alcohol mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Alcohol culture was a redneck culture. Al- alcohol culture included uh, racism and the Confederate flag and stuff that we were just completely right. and totally against, you know. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so we moved alcohol out of our lives so that we could focus on uh, marijuana, you know, really <laughs> marijuana and music, weed and rock and roll, weed and sure. rock and roll, you know, for sure. And um, so we, you, you, the way you did it, if you had a little bit of money, we were, you, we were lower middle class kids, but we were the cool kids, mm-hmm. you know, in our minds. Now, what, <laughs> what everybody else was doing, who cares? But we would make two days out of it where one day we would take off from school to come down to buy our tickets, and then the next time we would take the, the whole day off to be down here in time to be ready for the 7.30 show. In late July of 1977, Bob Stoner, at only 14 years of age, attended his first show at the Ritz. The headliner, Moxie, was a Canadian band who had recently been getting radio airplay in South Texas. The opener was ACDC on their first U.S. tour, supporting their new album, Let There Be Rock. So ACDC was our introduction to the Ritz, Mm. and the Ritz had an air about it whereas the coliseum seemed like a municipal facility that was used for many different purposes including you know holiday on ice and the ringling brothers barman bailey barman bailey circus and all that stuff um it wasn't the 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 coliseum wasn't ours it was ours for the night when we would go to a concert there but when we walked into the Ritz, it was like we were home. And in, in that first show, when we walked in, you just felt the weight of the world left your shoulders and you started seeing other faces that looked like your face and other hair that looked like your hair and other clothes that looked like your clothes and then there were guys, people that were so far advanced, so far ahead of you, they looked like they had just walked in from Woodstock, and you're like, I want that vest, you know, I want that, I want that trench coat, you know, and girls were, you know, mini skirts and leggings and stockings and boots and all that, and so, you know, once we experienced that, uh, the effect, that being in that building all of us together. There was definitely a hippie culture inside that building that was completely different from the Coliseum. When you exited, the, when you, when you walked, made your way through the lobby and into the seating area, um, many times by the time the first band had stopped playing, you could barely see the stage because of the smoke. It was it was almost like you could cut it with a knife. It was so thick, and I mean, it was from the floor to the ceiling. But the atmosphere in there was vibrant, brilliant, um, colorful, peaceful, loving, accepting. We were we 
began to become familiar with people that had lost an arm in Vietnam, people that had lost a leg in Vietnam, people that um, had multiple, multiple sclerosis or muscular dystrophy, or people that were in wheelchairs, um, the Ritz was open for them. You know, that was, it was one of the first buildings that was handicapped accessible before ADA laws were ever even passed, you know. And, and so I remember many veterans being pushed in there on wheelchairs. They had gotten into rock in the 60s. And of course, the Ritz wasn't the only venue in town. The Memorial Coliseum was regularly hosting big-name acts, and there were a number of other live music venues around town. I asked Bob to explain the Ritz's position in the broader Corpus Christi rock scene. I think it was the home. It was the, it was the hearth. It was the hearth. And although, although there were lots of other things going on around town, there were other little pockets that were awesome. You always returned to the Ritz. That was like a reunion. You know, when there was a concert, there was a concert. I mean, you can hear in my voice, concert. Yeah. yeah that, that's the way, there was a concert. There was a concert coming. You're excited you know, about it now. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days out, you know, you were, you, were, you were building. You were starting to prepare your wardrobe, thinking about what you were going to wear, and which car you were going to drive, and who was going to ride with who, and what was going to make it just perfect. For Bob Stoner, it was this excitement for live music that led to his work in the preservation of the Ritz. As the effort to restore the Ritz has progressed since 2006, Bob has played a, perhaps the most important and crucial role of all, running shows. Starting the summer of 2016, he's been running monthly shows at the Ritz in conjunction with Corpus Christi First Friday Art Walk, and it has exposed countless people to the Ritz's existence and the ongoing effort to bring it back to life. But more than just generating good publicity, Bob's shows at the Ritz have made the theater live again. It's no longer just an abandoned, old, dilapidated building. It's a legit theater, even if it's only so for one night a month. My journey is an attempt to recreate the feelings that permeated that building in the mid-1970s for as long as I can. This is about a lot more than historic preservation for Bob. His mission is different from that of the people spearheading the Ritz's preservation. The group leading the way, Positive Action Towards Cultural Heritage, or PATCH, is primarily interested in the Ritz's history as a movie and vaudeville theater. In other words, it's older history. His experience at the Ritz in the 70s was somewhat, let's say, marginal in the history of this city. I mean... Hosting ACDC and Rush and UFO and back in the 70s, that's pretty cool, but it's unlikely to warrant a state historical marker anytime soon. But for Bob, it meant the world. The shows that Bob attended there were the formative events of his youth, and when I compared him to the kids in Dazed and Confused, it wasn't much of a stretch. It was the greatest time of his life, and I can't blame him for working so hard to keep it alive. However, in the course of our interview, I couldn't help but bring a little bit of reality to bear. Do you think in a town like Corpus Christi, where we have an issue in that we don't have a lot of deep-pocketed philanthropists around here, uh, the effort 
to preserve the Ritz does not get the attention that the Galvan Ballroom does. Because by comparison, the Galvan Ballroom represents a very significant part of the Latino history of this city, which Cult is obviously huge. Cultural heritage. Yeah. Yes. Whereas what you are trying to save, and obviously what has a deep connection to me, right. is the legacy of the rockers, the metalheads, the stoners, the freaks, whatever's of the 70s and 80s. Yeah, there's no money in that. <laughs> exactly what I was going for. There's no, there's, no, there's no money in that. That's not a deal you want to try to pitch Kevin on Shark Tank. It's so, not going to go over very well. I was trying to come up with an appropriate sort of metaphor to describe Bob's task, and I couldn't help but think of, of Sisyphus rolling a rock up the hill only to see it roll back down the hill at the end of the day, you know, an, an ultimately futile effort. But Sisyphus is not even really an appropriate metaphor because Bob has an absolute blast doing what he does. There's no wasted labor here. His art walk shows are fun. The bands love him. People stumble in from art walk and immediately fall in love with the place. In a way, he's already succeeded. I want the building to be restored, but I know that once it is, I'll no longer be needed there. So it's a bittersweet pill for me because the more money is raised, I'm basically working myself out of a job. <laughs> you know? It doesn't mean you're not fighting the good fight. You know, for me, it's at, at my stage in life, I'm 56 years old. I see this as being a 10 or 20 year process. They've been at it since 2006, it's 2019, that's 13 years. You see how much has gotten done in 13 years, right? So um, I'm thinking that, I'm not really thinking so much about the destination, I'm thinking more about the ride. When my time comes to end the ride that I have been on there, I will know that I have given it the best effort that I possibly can and that's and that's and that's all that matters that's all that matters Bob Stoner knows that there's a very good chance that the Ritz won't live and breathe again like it did when he was a kid but before the current restoration efforts began the Ritz was dead Bob was one of the small group of people that managed to give it a pulse That's all for this episode of South Texas Stories. If you're interested in helping to renovate the Ritz, check out www.ccritz.com. That's ccritz, one word. And please, give generously. Bob Stoner's current band is called the Tin Pot Crowns. Please check them out on Facebook. I've seen them live a few times, and yeah, they kick ass, man. See you next time on South Texas Stories. 16 generals take their chairs.